Listener Production. D-Day for Nova Djokovic. The world number one is fighting deportation. The Department of Home Affairs says it may still cancel the visa. If you want to come to this country, you've got to have two vaccinations. A hearing will decide his fate. And decide his fate it did. Hello, it is Tuesday the 11th of January. I'm Jan Fran and you have just got me today. Wouldn't you know it, the briefing is also suffering from staff shortages like so many other workplaces around Australia, so you're just going to have to put up with me. And the big story is Novak Djokovic and his visa cancellation and uncancellation because yesterday afternoon circuit court judge Anthony Kelly reinstated the tennis star's visa and he ordered that the government release him from a Melbourne quarantine hotel where he spent the last five days. Yeah, intense scenes in Melbourne after the verdict. What you're hearing there is scores of people cheering for Novak Djokovic um, after that verdict. Now, he's always argued that he had a valid reason for a medical exemption not to be vaccinated against COVID-19 because he contracted the virus within the last six months. The government says that's not the case. He says he should be allowed to play in the Australian Open, which is set to kick off on Monday. As you'll hear, though, on today's briefing, he is not in the clear just yet. In fact... This whole saga could get a lot uglier for Novak Djokovic. Anyone in the Novak Djokovic camp or that wanted to see him play at the Australian Open that was cheering that result, it's not a one-way street, it's not a huge victory. There's huge peril for him now in the possibility that his visa could be cancelled again. I'll chat with Guardian reporter Paul Karp in just a moment. But first, let's see what's making news today. And still on the Djokovic saga, and the world number one has responded to yesterday's verdict. He's tweeted that he is, quote-unquote, pleased and grateful for the outcome and that despite all that's happened, he wants to stay and compete in the Australian Open. His family's also spoken out about the situation overnight. His brother, George, pleased with the court's actions. i got to say how, how much I admire Judge Kelly and the way he led with the whole court process because I think uh, it was very detailed, it was very thorough and it was very neutral. Meanwhile, Djokovic's supporters descended on Melbourne's CBD last night, as you heard on the top of the show, protesting his situation. Our police did have to use tear gas to disperse the crowd. So for now, Novak Djokovic plans to stay in Australia. He's going to compete for his 10th Australian Open title and his record 21st Grand Slam. Of course, it's a very uh, ever-changing situation, so we'll have to wait and see what happens um, in the next coming days. Meanwhile, if you are a tennis fan, Nick Kyrgios, oh goodness, he's been struck down with COVID-19, returning a positive test. He is still determined to play in the Australian Open, though, despite that. He has a few days to return those negative tests. As I said, the Aussie Open begins Monday, 17th of January. All right, two COVID news. We thought we could avoid it, but no, no, we cannot. And Australia has passed the 1 million COVID case mark as the Omicron variant continues to surge. It's going to be tough. The whole pandemic's been tough and Australians have shown a resilience and a patience and a determination. They've dealt with the circumstances as they're in front of them, not behind them. And the government is taking the same approach based on the best possible medical advice. And the best possible medical advice is to push through. Yeah, that was Prime Minister Scott Morrison there. New South Wales recorded uh, another deadly day with 18 deaths, the deadliest day 
Sadly, that number includes a toddler who had pre-existing health conditions. Meanwhile, in Victoria, the state's expanded its vaccine mandate. Boosters now mandatory for a number of essential workers, those who work in healthcare, aged care, emergency services and food distribution. So far, supermarket retail not included in those mandates. South Australia, meanwhile, has advised that a decision on schools reopening will come Friday. We already know, we told you yesterday that Queensland has pushed back their school start date for uh, two weeks. This is because kids across the country have been rolling up their sleeves to get that Pfizer jab, um, although there have been some concerns from parents and carers saying that it's a little bit tough to get those appointments. And to international news, the US and Russia have spent the day in high-stakes talks to avoid a potential war in the Ukraine, although both sides have been pessimistic that the discussions will not amount to very much. I don't think we're going to see any, uh, any breakthroughs in the, coming, uh, in the coming week. We're going to be able to put things on the table. The Russians will do the same, uh, both directly with us at NATO, at the OSCE, uh, and we'll see if there are grounds for, uh, for moving forward. That was U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken there. Now, Russia is building up troops on the border of Ukraine while issuing sweeping demands, including stopping any further NATO expansion. All of those demands have been dismissed by the U.S. and NATO. We should all realize that Russia's demands to allies could not be considered as a negotiating position. Aggressor is not in a position to put conditions until the Russian tanks is out of Ukrainian border. Ukraine's Deputy Prime Minister for European and Euro-Atlantic Integration, Olga Stefanishna there. While Russia has said that they won't accept US attempts to limit the agenda. And if you missed the Golden Globes, uh, who can blame you? There wasn't really any Golden Globes, although Australian actors won three awards. I'll explain how that happened in a sec. Nicole Kidman won Best Actress in a Drama for playing Lucille Ball in Being the Ricardo. Sarah Snook won Best Supporting Actress for her role in Succession. Hot tip if you haven't watched that one yet, get on it. It's so good. And Cody Smith-McPhee won Best Supporting Actor for his role in The Power of the Dog. Uh, New Zealand's Jane Campion won Best Director for Power of the Dog as well. The reason why you probably missed the Golden Globes this year was that there was no telecast. It wasn't broadcast. There was no red carpet. Um, there was not even a live stream. Almost nothing, really. Um, that's because the organisation behind the Globes, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, has been criticised um, quite strongly in the last few years for a lack of diversity. All right, there are our headlines for today. Let's talk Novak Djokovic with Paul Karp from The Guardian. Yesterday was a very big day for Novak Djokovic and Paul Karp, reporter at The Guardian, has been following the events that unfolded in the Federal Circuit Court very closely. Paul, thanks for joining us on the briefing. What did you make of the verdict? Well, at first blush, it seemed like a win for Novak Djokovic because um, the government agreed to quash the decision cancelling his visa and to immediately let him out of immigration detention. So that sounds like a great win. But then the government lawyer told the court that they were considering using a personal ministerial power to cancel his visa in another way. So it's it's a bit like snakes and ladders where he won and went up a ladder and then immediately fell down a snake that he could have his visa cancelled again. And the extraordinary thing is, if they used that separate power, he would be excluded from Australia for three years. So as Judge Anthony Kelly noted, 
the stakes have actually risen rather than receded now because we're talking about a three-year ban in prospect. Paul, tell us what actually happened in the Federal Circuit Court. How, how did the day unfold? Well, in the morning, Novak Djokovic's lawyers were setting out the d- defects in the decision to cancel his visa. Some of those are very procedural and technical things about misstating uh, the test in the notice to Djokovic, arguing that Border Force officials reneged on a deal to give him extra time until 8.30am to contact Tennis Australia and make some further submissions um, because then they came back in at 7.42 and told him that they decided to cancel his visa. And I think that was really what uh, was most persuasive to Judge Kelly. And in his reason, uh, although it was something that the parties were able to agree on, the judge commented that it had been unreasonable in the circumstances to renege on that offer of more time to Novak. Paul, what were the key arguments that Djokovic's lawyers were putting forward? The procedural unfairness in not giving him access to um, his lawyers and Tennis Australia, not allowing him to complete his version of events of, of why he was eligible for an exemption, The government said, oh, well, we got his side of the story by conducting the interview. But Novak Djokovic's case was basically, well, I didn't want to give my full side of the story until I got a chance to talk to Tennis Australia and my lawyer. So, um, you know, I didn't give a complete version of, of why I was entitled to stay. So it basically boiled down to whether or not him having had COVID meant he was a risk to the Australian community because he was unvaccinated or whether he was eligible for an exemption if he didn't need to be. There was one point in the day when the judge almost seemed exasperated with the government. He he asked, you know, what more could this man have done, referring to Novak Djokovic? Do you think that was a key turning point? Yes, it was very clear at that point that Djokovic's lawyers were doing very well because The judge noted that he had an exemption um, from a medical physician who was appropriately qualified. That had also been approved by an independent expert panel set up by the Victorian government. And so he asked, you know, in an exasperated fashion, what more could this man have done? Uh, So it it really seemed like he was on side that Djokovic had done the right thing in getting the exemption. Is this a bit of an embarrassment for Scott Morrison and his government? Because he was very adamant that rules... Uh, rules. Uh, he did tweet something on the 6th of January where he came out very strongly for the cancellation of Novak's visa. How does this look for the government? Is this an embarrassment for them? I think it is. And it's a window into um, just the extraordinary power that immigration officials have to be able to conduct interviews like this without people having full access to their lawyers and to make decisions, you know, really turning on a dime in the in the wee small hours of the morning. I mean, it's not over yet. Although the government agreed to revoke this decision and to release him from immigration detention, there is now a separate decision for the government to make about whether to cancel the visa again. And the power is there if they choose to use it. And it will be hugely interesting to see whether they do that and risk the backlash of, you know, ejecting him for three years and and the consequences that that might have for Australia even hosting the Australian Open. So to any Novak Djokovic fans out there, you would say he's he's not in the clear just yet. 
not by a long run. Anyone in the Novak Djokovic camp or that wanted to see him play at the Australian Open that was cheering that result, it's not a one-way street. It's not a huge victory. There's huge peril for him now in the possibility that his visa could be cancelled again. Paul, why do you think the federal government is being so strong on this? As I mentioned, uh, Scott Morrison did tweet, rules are rules, especially when it comes to border security. The day before though, he said that this visa decision was a matter for the Victorian government and that there had been a process and that process had been followed. So it seems as though this whole thing just could have been avoided and it wasn't. So why do you think the federal government's so hell-bent on this one guy? Well, Scott Morrison's account of this is that, you know, Novak Djokovic drew more and more attention to himself by claiming to have the exemption in in a social media post and that Border force officials are entitled to gather information about that sort of thing and develop their suspicions and then confront someone and ask them for more proof of the validity of their exemption. So that's Morrison's uh, version. But it certainly does look like they were happy to, you know, leave responsibility with this to Victoria until they sniffed the possibility of a border stash, which, you know, traditionally it does very well for the coalition and they they grabbed it with both hands and his visa was cancelled. So it'll be interesting to see whether they lean into that in this further decision that, that awaits them now. Yeah, Tom and I were chatting about this on yesterday's show. I mentioned, you know, speculation that it was quite possibly a distraction tactic employed by the Morrison government because Scott Morrison had been so under fire over the lack of rapid antigen testing and, of course, our deteriorating health situation here in Australia. I'm curious, what what do you make of that? I think anything that takes uh, the Omicron wave and, you know, the failure to organise sufficient rapid antigen tests off the front page is good for them. But what a shit show if the best thing that you can do to knock headlines of ineffectively handling the pandemic off the front page is to start an absolute binfire, um, torching our international reputation in terms of how we handle people that want to come to this country. It's a bleak reading of what's happened, but that's not to say that it's incorrect. So what do you think will happen over the next few days, if, if not hours, depending on when you're listening to this podcast? Well, the Immigration Minister, Alex Hawke, who's who's one of the Prime Minister's closest political allies, now has to make a personal decision whether or not to cancel Djokovic's visa. And that's similarly decided on whether he's satisfied that an unvaccinated person in Djokovic's position, you know, might be a risk to public health. He also has to consider that it would be in the public interest to cancel the visa It's a high-stakes game now because Djokovic could be excluded from Australia for three years. It's a tough decision, but the fact that they instructed their lawyers to tell the court they were considering it, I think it's very possible that they will do that and take the nuclear option in this stoush. That was Paul Karp, a reporter with The Guardian, following the events of Novak Djokovic's visa cancellation, uncancellation, possibly re-cancellation very closely, as are we all. Listener.